And we're back. It's been a long time. Back here at the Highlander Report podcast, year two, season two, episode one. I'm here with my very small cast of crew here. We got myself, Jackson Decker, and my colleague, JT Jagoda. Yeah, two-man show today. Uh, probably going to be a pretty quick episode. Pretty quick. We got... Uh, not too much to talk about. We got boys hoop, girls hoop, and a brief... Brief overview about what's happening with indoor track. JT, you got some stuff for us? Um, as always, we say at the beginning of every episode, go check out our website, www.highlanderreport.org. Also, go follow us on all our socials, um, which are the Highlander Report on Instagram. And Twitter. And Twitter and Facebook. Facebook, yeah. You can look up on Facebook the Highlander Report or my name, Jackson Decker, and it should show up. Yes, sir. And I actually, I have something new that I'm working on. So I'm trying to accumulate all the points from all the games and put them into one, like, stat sheet, spreadsheet, whatever you want to call it, and have a live link on our website at all times. So you can just go to the Highlander Report website, click on this link, and see a live look at the varsity boys and girls stats mainly points per game. That'd be spectacular. Yeah, I'm working on it right now. So, all right, let's start with uh, girls hoop. Home opener for the girls. Uh, you know, if you watched it, you know it was tough game. It was tough, <laughs> to say the least. Final score: fifty-six to thirteen. Loss to the. Old Lime Wildcats. I think it's fair to say that the girls looked lost on offense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it's it's hard. I, I first want to say it's hard for uh, us as the Highland Report to, um, I guess, attend all these games and uh, be able to give you guys uh, – a lot of content, as you can tell. If you don't know, it's me. We are only allowed at home games, and attendance, even for us with special access, is very limited. Yeah, right now, uh, pretty much me and Decker are the only two allowed to visit home games. If you ever been to the David L. Bankston Memorial Gymnasium, you know that on the main scoreboard, there's a little stat section with individual players' uh, points, stats, and numbers. That is my responsibility, and I. On the camera. Hopefully. Uh, Which we, actually, ho- yeah, hopefully. We, we, we forgot to mention this in the intro, but uh, we are in the works of not only getting a new camera so that Decker will not have to do it manually, but once that is installed, the plan is to be able to have commentary over the games. So it'll be like you're watching it on ESPN. And that will be done by Mr. Decker and Mr. Owen Delisle in the future. If we I'll, hope. Fingers if, crossed. Yes, if I go smoothly. So, on on top of that, right now, um, NFHS National Federal High School is a streaming service that you can stream various high school games if they have the camera. So what NFHS did was they gave out a few, like hundreds, not hundreds, maybe like fifty or so free cameras to high schools all across Connecticut, and I assume across the nation. But they did this because parents, not not parents, but everyone who's Fans. using their streaming service has to pay $10, $10 per month. 
So if you think about it, it was an absolute win for them. Yes, it was. Off topic, getting back to the old line game. The uh, girls' old line, tough game. 56-13 to 13 loss. One point for the Highlanders through the first quarter and a half. Yes. A free throw from Carly Graves. I, I think that that about sums it up. I mean, you know, I'll go through the top scorers here. We have Hannah Brunk with four points, Ava Hurley with three, Carly Ga- Carly Graves with three, Sammy Lasky with two, and Liam May with one. And that was was that all of our points? That was all of our points. That's that thirteen. All right, let's move on because uh, we don't want to talk about that anymore. All right, moving on. The so that was on Friday. And now today, this podcast is being filmed on Wednesday of the following week. Is, so that game was on Friday. Now this podcast is being filmed on Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. So yesterday, February 16th, 2021, the girls traveled to Old Saybrook and fell 47-44 to to the Old Saybrook Rams. Clearly a much better game. Oh, significantly. 13 to 44, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely some offense there. I mean, I want to go uh, – the, the old Lime game, I mean, the old Lime girls were – I'd say they were solid. They were, they were solid. They had some height to them. They had a little bit of everything, ball handling, height, defense, all, an all-around team for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, so that, that tells me that, that Saybrook isn't, isn't – great well you see me me and jt we don't really have i'm not even gonna try and lie to anyone here me and jt do not have any knowledge in this game at all zero because at the time this game was happening the boys were beating up on we'll get to that we'll get beating up on the boys which we'll get into later but i was talking to hannah brunk earlier today in school and she said she had a double double congratulations to her i gave a little (laughs) congratulations double double that's a feet and a half right there for anyone Yes, sir. Congrats, sir. But, yeah, we'll leave it at that, 47-44. Sorry for the lack of content here. It's just hard to get to away games. It's, it's actually it's impossible. impossible. Yeah, It is yeah. impossible. Got to love COVID. All right, anyways, yeah, right? getting back to um, boys' hoops, which is, which is what I'm really excited for because we actually have some, some knowledge stuff. about this. Uh, start off there. All right, so on Friday, the boys travel to Old Lyme. To take on the Aiden Usingless uh, Wildcats. And oh, if you don't know, Old Lime, I believe, did receive some Game Time CT top 10 teams in the state. Which, if you ask me, is some shenanigans. Yeah, they uh, they lost a lot of key guys. Um, Brady Sheffield. Brady Sheffield. Aiden, Aiden Using, Using. Ray Dahl. Yep. You know, it's just a really good team. I th- we all thought they were going to run through Division Five. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, I mean, they won they the shoreline the with ease. For sure. Um, I, I believe they won the shoreline. But losing all those guys plus more, uh, the the guys they had to replace them, I feel like were not. That's a deserving. big, big shoes. Yeah. Big shoes to fill. And they still had a lot of rep from their the previous team. You know, excellent, well coached team. Oh yeah, for sure. Really good. But the old line Wildcats defeated the Portland Boys Highlanders 59-54. Really close game. We'll run through the leading scorers here. Leading, uh, leading the way for the Highlanders, Cam Latronica, 15. 
Cody Daggett with 12. Big Money, Mason Pearsall with 4. TJ Reddington with 2. And Noah Sharp, also THR member, with 7. Eli Everson with 9. Chris Vargas with 3. And Harrison Collins, brother of Grant Collins, with Deuce. Yeah, uh, so I've, I've talked to Mason about this game, and uh, basically what he told me is um, they were pretty much down the whole game. Uh, I believe they were down 10 at half. I, I do believe hearing that. It was also in an article, a man named Paul Algary. If you don't know him, he writes great articles uh, for MiddlesexCountySports.com. That's his website, and also for the Middletown Press. Down 10 at half, I believe – we managed to get the lead back in the third quarter. We were winning at one point, and then it was just kind of a back-and-forth game, you know? Yeah, and then uh, eventually, uh, due to fouls and stuff like that, Old Lyme uh, took it away at the end there. But uh, According to, to Mason, it sounded like it was a very winnable game. Uh, a lot of missed shots on our end. Um, things just didn't go our way. I remember uh, after the... The girls' game that was going on at the same time, we we called Owen. Yeah, Owen's a lot who was watching the game back at home because he couldn't be at the home game. We called him up. It was like Owen, what's happening, man? He come. He goes, you know, Jackson, we're just missing everything. The shots are not falling. Layups, jump shots, free throws, turnovers, you name it. And it just sucks. Opening In- game jitters, whatever, what have you. It's just honestly. It just sucks. In this article by Paul Algary, he said that uh, on the next day of practice, uh, brand new coach Dave uh, Dave Bradbury, Coach yes, Bradbury, Coach Bradbury, brings his fifty-five inch TV in from his home, drives it in, sets it up on the wall, plugs in his computer, and they go through the first quarter of play, uh, just watching the film. And he said, through the first maybe. Four minutes, they counted six turnovers, four missed layups, and three missed free throws. Jeez. What is that right there? Yeah. Two, four, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's twelve points. And we lost by five. Five. Uh Make yeah, so so I I want to touch upon Coach Bradbury uh for a second. Because uh for those of you who don't know, Coach Bradbury is the new uh boys basketball coach. First year coach. Um first First year coaching, period. Yes, yes. Fresh out of Valley? Valley. He went two-time All-State at Valley. Played D3 ball. D2 ball. D2, sorry. D2. At Franklin Pierce. And was Shoreline Player of the Year in 2015. Yes, so uh, Coach Coach Bradbury has some experience. And uh, for me personally... um, I've I've never seen the guy, um, but I got to meet him last night. Great dude. Great guy. Um, I think he's twenty three years old. He easily could be mistaken for a for a high schooler, honestly, in my opinion. Yes, but uh, he's a smart dude. He is. No, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, uh, and I think that that story that you were just saying about uh, him bringing his flat screen in and uh, looking at the film uh, that. It really shows, really touches on his dedication. To yes, the, yes, to the program uh, and it, here. It definitely shined last night. Um, I think he's he's a great coach. Uh, he's vocal, which is nice to see. Um, he knows what he's talking about. 
And uh, he's got that good player to coach connection that really, really like bonds the team together and really separates the average teams from the great teams. Yeah, uh, I remember. Uh, I think it was the first quarter of the boys' game, and he called a timeout. And um, I don't know. He just he really got to our players, and uh, he made sure they know. You know, you can what hear him saying doing good, what they're doing bad, and uh, you can hear him saying like, "Oh, you missed the jump shot." You can hear him yelling from the sideline, "It's okay, it's okay, we all miss." Yes, yes, uh, a lot of positive reinforcement, which is always nice to hear. Um, and yeah, I I gotta say I was pleasantly surprised with. Uh, so now speaking on the positive of Coach Bradbury in their home opener versus the Old Saybrook Rams. Absolutely dominating victory. Massacre. Over the old Sabre Grams. 59 to 24. Leading scorer, Cody Daggett with 17. Kale Matronica with 13. Big Money Mason Pearsall with 9. TJ Reddington with 8. Big Noah Sharp with 7. Eli Everson with 5. And Austin Vass with a lone free throw. One point. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, I mean, this the score says it all here. Uh, the boys dominated. I thought we played pretty solid basketball. Um, the defense was immaculate. That's the part I was most impressed with. Uh, if you look at the quarter-by-quarter quarter score, Old Saybrook scored 11 in the first quarter. I mean, understandable, you know, 11. It's not a big amount. And then it went up to 16, so they scored 5 in the second quarter. In the third quarter, went up to 24. Zero points. We've always been a fourth-quarter team. Not a Not single that... point was scored by the, the old Sabre Grams in the fourth quarter, which speaks to this team's defense. And uh, also by by the points we put up, we, we did pretty well on offense, too. Oh, seriously. And I think old Sabre's biggest struggle was they had no offense. Oh, no, not at all. They couldn't break the Highlander press. Our our one three one press one three one press they they call it Yale. It was Cam Latronico's out in front. If you don't know, Cam's a dog. Oh yeah, and he's also a body. He's six three, two. I think he's two twenty. He's a pure athlete. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that's another great thing about our team this year is we have height. We have we have size, which we haven't For the had first time in, in as at long least as I can remember eight years. The shortest kid on the team, Luke Francesco, senior, five foot seven. We have what? our starting lineup's average height is six, six one six two. Six one six two, yeah. Cam Latronica, Noah Sharp, TJ Reddington, Mason Pearsall, Cody Daggett. Some tall guys. Heck yeah. Um Cody, Cody was seventeen. Uh I thought he played phenomenal. Oh yeah, f- definitely for sure. Leading the team in scoring right now at fourteen and a half. And Cam with 14 even. Five from Eli. Honestly, it's kind of disappointing. The kid's got potential, man. He's he does. got a lot of talent. He's six foot five. He's got great footwork. I don't I don't want to diss this the kid because he's yeah, a great no, kid. That's I, not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I love Eli. He's a great person. If you if you didn't watch the game, I'll I'll let you on this little right here. Eli went up for a he got a fast break, went up for the dunk. He misses it. He, and, come, he comes up to me this morning and goes, you know, Jackson, about the dunk last night. You know, I really wanted it. I was going to have to hit leg day a few more times. Wanted it a little there. too much. Uh, so I'm 
you know, since you mentioned that, I have to turn to Mason a little bit just because, oh. just because he's a member of the High Honor Report. Uh, Mason, same thing. Mason, if you're listening, it's pure banter. Yeah, yeah. Mason, I don't think you're going to listen to this, but if you do, uh, I'm not sorry. Sorry, um, not sorry, Mason. I love you. So, after Eli's done, probably about... Eh. A minute, two minutes. Yeah, uh, Mason... There's a scramble. Mason gets the ball. He's probably got a good six feet of distance between him and another defender in the basket. Um, he's, he's got an open lane to the basket. Yeah, yeah. Clear as day. Uh, and looks behind him, makes sure he's good or whatever. Uh, yeah, looks left, looks right, looks behind him. Open. Jumps up. Same freaking thing. Uh, right off the back rim. Then he's uh, hanging on the rim. The ball comes off the backboard. He reaches out as if to like an alley-oop, like behind yeah, the head, cocks it back. it back, and then just misses it back, and then gets teed up. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that was that was tough to see, Mace. Yeah, so say. the picture on our Instagram. Oh, yeah, you, that you is, did him dirty, too. Yeah. That is Mason's miss dunk. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... That was, that was been, tough to see. Would have been sick if it went in. Oh, yeah, no, it would have been. I would have went nuts, but. Uh, if you listen to the footage back, you can hear me laughing <laughs> at both Eli and Mason. The Let's go back to Bradbury in that for a second because, I mean, as a coach and as, as a as spectator, a, too. I mean, as a coach, you don't, was, you don't really want to see – because that's that's missing points right there. Yes. Uh, that's four points off two dunks, which it, two missed dunks, which would have put the score up to 63. And reasonably, I was pretty upset about that. You were pretty upset. I mean, but like, we're, we were understand, we're understanding here because we're up. They didn't, haven't scored in eight minutes of play. You know, it would have been a great hype moment. It would have been great for the – the crowd, as I'm saying this, yeah, there's yeah. four people in the crowd, myself, JT, and the JV kids. No, but so so that's that's kind of my point here is that uh, Brad Berry was upset for probably two seconds and then realized, hey, we're up a lot. It doesn't mean much. Let me go back and be positive here. Would have been cool if it, if it went in. It didn't. All right, fine. It's like, it's like it never happened. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's just something that really stood out to me. And um, it's it's nice to see the, this this group of guys with a lot of talent getting good coaching on the back end and uh, with nine nine seniors too. Well, actually, yeah. I'll take that back. Eight and a half because <laughs> Peter has a yeah four P. Peter McNichol has a partially torn ACL. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he is out for the season, sadly. He says he's optimistic to be back for shoreline tournament play. I, Peter, if you're listening to me, listen to this man, don't risk it. God bless you, Pete, but don't torn ACL do it. is uh, it's, it's no joke, my friend. And while we're on the, um, the topic of players, the Portland boys, Cam Latronica has developed into a phenomenal player. Big body. Knows how to use it, too. Yeah, knows how to use it. Has developed a jump shot. I think this is his second year of organized basketball in his whole life. He played this year in our sophomore year, so two years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, just for, like, coming out, 
he didn't I don't remember him ever playing uh Park and Rec. Developing a great jump shot, great connection between him and Noah Sharpentier. Yeah, yeah. Noah had some really good passes. Noah down on the short corner, passing it up to Cam at the left elbow, the right elbow, knocking down the smooth jump shot. Also uh, a very physical player. Um, oh, yes. Which is always nice to see. Cam He's... plays football. Yep, of course. Uh, great, little, little foul happy. Uh, great defensive lineman. Yeah. Great defensive lineman. Uh, not, not the best at not fouling that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he had, what, three through one and a half? Him, Chris, and Eli all had two fouls in the first half. Yeah. But uh, he's he could finish with contact. He can he could play. He tried to go up for a dunk, too. And then he, Thankful, really, he, he came really yes. short and just threw into the side of the yeah. rim, which is also funny, but... A lot, a lot easier to watch that than to watch this dunk. Uh, yeah, I got, just got a good laugh out of that one, because... If you didn't see it, it kind of looked like he was going for a layup. But if you were there, you knew he was trying to dunk the basketball. If if you know Cam at all, if yeah. You, if you know Cam as a person, <laughs> yeah, you know he was trying to throw that thing down. Uh, so yeah, let's let's wrap this up. Great performance by the boys. Uh, really surprised me to be honest. Uh, and I'm I'm happy to say that I think this is one of going to be one of the best seasons we've seen from them in a long time. Definitely for sure. It'll be the, I think personally be the First time in eight years. Eight years that the PHS boys basketball team will have a winning record. And I fully support you there. Last but not least, we got a little bit of indoor track here. And I say that with a little <laughs> bit of hesitation because, you know, there's no indoor track meet. So I like to think of it as a preparation for outdoor track. So I'll. Chop off the indoor track, and I'll say track. track. Track and field. Not even field, just track. Because, you know, obviously you look outside. We got. There's a bit of white powder out there. We got about. Mm, how much do you think that is out there, Dak? Maybe seven inches of snow. Yeah, sure. And That's... more to come on Friday slash Saturday. Actually, no, I take that back. Thursday, Thursday, Friday, so tomorrow and the day after. So, I mean, yeah, you know, track. You know, we're stuck inside. It is cold as heck outside. I am not <laughs> running outside. Absolutely not. As a track and field run, a track runner myself, <laughs> I am absolutely not running outside in the 20-degree weather. You can... Catch me inside running in the halls. Getting a class, as, as I assume. Of course. Of course. Of course. Stay, stay in class. But, so, yeah. Uh, prepare for outdoor track. The first outdoor track practice is March 20th, but that is a Saturday, I believe. Off the top of my head here, I can check that real quick. Uh, while, while you're looking that up, uh, a little side note. Uh, wrestling is also in the, the same boat as indoor track where they are allowed to practice um, but not compete, so no news there. Yeah, so uh, March 20th is a Saturday, so first practice of the outdoor track and field season is Monday, March 22nd of 2021. And that also lines up with the... Does that line up with the baseball? Yes, so that is, is that, supposed to is be that day one of pitchers and catchers? the first day of pitchers and catchers. 
um, which I believe we do not have any official dates for baseball from CIAC. Um, however, that seems to be the... Uh, but you can also see Coach Borg tweeting. Yes, yes. Out. Borg tweeted that out. Uh, I know... I believe it was... Southington tweeted that out. Uh, I believe it was last night Borg sent out a tweet, too. I think it was, um, quote, we're still here, um, Shoreline champions, longest Shoreline champions in the history of Shoreline history, 571 days. That is right. Quote. That is right. Um, Haven't lost. No, no, it's still ours, uh, you know, thanks to uh, COVID last year. But... Uh, yeah, base, baseball's uh, on the horizon, I guess, and uh, I'm excited, man. You know, we got really got some some great teams this really this this whole year. Soccer, soccer. The the boys team and the girls both went to the Shoreline semis. That's the first time that's happened in school history. Yeah, I I was so happy I played soccer. We we had a great season. Um, we performed better than we ever have, and uh, you know, last game was tough, but it was it was fun. Cross country, two sweeps, boys, absolutely dominant. Two sweeps for the boys. Owen Delisle, first team All Shoreline? Question mark. Yes. Maybe first or second. Definitely an All Shoreline athlete. Mm-hmm. Kayla Lamafa, second team All Shoreline athlete. We have multiple All Shoreline teams, All Shoreline athletes. Brady Caden. Brady Allstate. Brady Caden. Um, Cody honorable mention. Kendall Prince. Um, Shopes. Yep. Kendra. Kendra. Kendra Shopes. Juliana Desenza. Mia Quinnell. All Shoreline honorable mention. Just awesome, man. It's great to see. And then the boys team. Looking to be the best team in maybe eight years. The girls team. Hard to beat last year. Last year's team because that team was so good going 11-9. and nine, Yeah. Having a home states game and a Shoreline playoffs bid. Though losing to Morgan in the first round, still a phenomenal season. Tough draw there with Morgan. Um, let's see what else. What else what we got here? Track. Track looks phenomenal. Got some quality athletes going. Mr. Jackson Decker. Mr. Jackson Decker. Um, JP Runty. Um, Simon Kandeke. Simon, yep. Thomas Stoto. Owen Delisle. That's just in the boys' end. I can't think of any girls off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean. Portland Athletics are uh, looking Portland up Athletics, this year. man. Like 2020, 2021, great season. Heck yeah. Baseball. Now that I said that, I just cannot think of any baseball players except for you and John Wolf. Uh, we got Jaden Killam, Tyler Tablione. Uh, I know Harrison plays. Um, I don't know. Base- baseball's tough because, like, uh, you know, it's not like basketball where you guys only had a one-season gap. We've had two. We've had two, so uh, – you can't. It's hard to judge competition. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like uh, traditionally, HK is good. And North Brantford is good. I could tell you for a fact, HK is going to be absolutely disgusting this year. HK, as far as I can remember, has been good at baseball, cross country. Yeah, every every year. Um, North Brantford was good two years ago. Uh, I don't know if they'll be good this year. Um, off the top of my head, I don't recall any names that haven't graduated. Um, same thing kind of goes for Cog and Chog, but traditionally a pretty solid baseball school there. Um, well, actually, while we're on the topic of dominating f- franchises, I'll say that. 
you know, you really hate, really hate to hate to hear this, but longtime basketball oh, powerhouse. Yes, yes. That's, that's right. If you're a a viewer of the show, you know that I'm an avid NVL supporter. Sacred Heart High School in Waterbury, Connecticut, is to close after this year. One of the best basketball programs in the tens. I would say the best basketball program in the tens that decade. Winning four straight state titles, 125 NVL game win streak, six straight NVL titles, um, multiple Division One athletes. You really, you really hate to see it. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Though that being said, all those athletes will probably end up transferring to Holy Cross High School. So look out for Holy Cross on the up and up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, one more thing before we before we go, I'll cut this out and put it in. I'll cut it out. Okay, so you know, Morgan, Morgan boys basketball, they're legit, man. Oh yeah. Zach Johnson, Robbie Z. I don't know how to say his last name. And oh, what's his name? <laughs> Connor something. Absolutely ripped us up last year. He hit seven threes. I remember, you know, Morgan, I think, is a front runner for the Shoreline Boys Championship right now. Always a good basketball school. Two, Always. Two twin towers, 6'6 six, six and 6'8. Six, you know, we don't really have anyone who can guard guard that other than maybe Cam and Eli. But beyond that, there's not much you can guard that. And on top of their, their twin towers, they got dynamic guards. They're not the fastest, but... They're fundamentally sound, and they can shoot the ball. And if you can do that, you can win basketball games. Yeah, I mean, I thought we looked good with, with our height, but when you got a six eight guy running around, I mean, that's that's tough to beat. And you know, it was a phenomenal feat for them the other day, beating Cromwell forty eight to twenty four. And if you're not a fan of Shoreline Athletics, you. You probably wouldn't know that you don't just do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is – for Cromwell to lose by – what is that? Like 24. 24. That's almost unheard of. You don't just beat Cromwell by that much, and you don't just hold Cromwell to 24 points. Yeah, that too. I don't remember the last time that happened. If it's ever happened in my lifetime. <laughs> I don't remember it happening in my lifetime. But, you know, Morgan is my, my front runner. For the shoreline championship and if they get upset it it's a huge upset in my book yeah i don't see it happening i mean and uh number two valley man this kid from valley jeremy oh, a yeah. i don't i don't know how to say his last name if you're listening jeremy i apologize i think the kid is averaging 22 points per game right now through three games through three games as a sophomore sophomore this kid is 15 15 years of age, cannot drive a car, but is averaging 22 points per game in shoreline varsity basketball. That's impressive. Beating, oh. I know they played East Hampton. East Hampton was their most recent win. North Brantford, I want to say Coggenchog. I really do want to say That sounds right. I think that's right. It was definitely one of the blue teams. 
I say that, but all the teams in the shoreline <laughs> are blue. Here, let me pull up the old CIC here real quick, real fast. Valley Regional, East Hampton, North Branford, and Haddam Killingworth. Oh, whew. Saturday, Morgan Huskies will take on the Valley Regional Warriors. Now, if if you can watch that game, I Tune would in. definitely recommend watching that. That is the number one team in the shoreline versus the number two team in the shoreline. It's going to be interesting to see how the Huskies game plan against this kid, Jeremy, and how the Valley, the Valley Regional Warriors <laughs> plan for Rob and company. Thank you guys for listening. Kind of a uh, all-over-the-place type episode, but uh, with that in mind, there's there's not too much going on. It makes our jobs tough. We're here. We're doing what we can. And on that note, we'll end it here, folks. Thanks for listening to the Highlander Report podcast. We'll catch you next time.